Welcome to Graceful Living, where we hope to inspire you to live an abundant life full of God's grace. I am your host, Danette Emma Karen, aka Coach E, teacher, life strategist, and your personal CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer. I am so glad you're here. Sit back, relax, and let's get inspired. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Graceful Living. This week is a continuation of our conversation from last time with Dr. Tracy Wells, Oh, we had such a wonderful time. So if you are listening for the first time, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episode so that this one will make sense. And if you are a returning listener, welcome. Last week, we talked about performing and the topic was, who are you performing for? If I should summarize what we talked about last week, we discussed how as adults, we should go from doing what we do, living out our goals to please someone else, parents, friends, well-wishers around us, to doing it because we have taken responsibility for the life that we want to live and the goals that align with our values and our mission and purpose in life. It is not always easy to do that or to make that transition, but it is necessary. And where we ended, we talked about how when we perform for others, sometimes we want to go a step further and control the reaction that we get from them. So today we are going to continue that conversation. And as I like to say at the beginning, We all need light as we go along our path, and it is my desire that you receive light today. So with that, Dr. Wells, welcome back to part two of our discussion. Thank you for having me back. It was an honor and a privilege to just have this conversation with you last week, and I'm just so, so, so elated, and I hope that the words come out of my mouth would still be, you know, beneficial for the ones who are listening. So I want to make sure that I'm saying things that make sense to us, because a lot of times we know within ourselves what we need to work on. We know this, but sometimes we don't, we're not able to put it in words and put thoughts and actions to them. And I just want to make sure that the words that's coming out is going to do just that to this body of people that will be listening. So thank you for joining us, everybody. <laughs> you know, I, I really like to, as a teacher in spiritual things and natural things, not just give you information, but give you actionable information. Okay. There is a difference. I could tell you something, but you can't really do anything with what I told you, or I could give you practical steps or um, point you to resources or say the information in a way that when you walk away from our conversation, you know exactly what you need to do. 
And I really believe that where we ended last week was at a point where if someone was really listening in, they would recognize that, you know what, maybe I need to do some reflection and evaluation about how I'm living, about how I've structured my life, the goals that I'm pursuing to see whether I am being prompted by my own desires or am I performing for someone else? What do you think um, is the important place for that evaluation process in helping us to go from performing to taking responsibility for our own actions? Um, there's a lot of things I could say in relation to that, but when you were talking, the main thing I thought about is when I was in my master's program to become a special education teacher, one of my professors stated that we need to have a point where we are doing meta-connection. Um, and meta-connection basically is a big word of I am going to reflect on what I thought I should have done that day. So at the end of the day, it's where you should do your evaluation because the day has already happened. You can't relive that day. So you need to get to yourself. And I know we was talking about this offline, but I like that you talked about getting alone and having those moments with yourself so that you can evaluate, did I do everything I said I was gonna do? And if I did, how, was it received? Because a lot of people think it's about what I said that's important. No, it's about how the person perceived the information that is important. And a lot of people take that way. If they perceived it wrong, that means it's something I did wrong and I need to be able to correct how they are feeling. No, you cannot control someone else's thinking. You cannot control someone else's thought process and their actions. You know, yes, we can model, like you said earlier, we can model good behavior and give you action steps to help guide you in the right direction. But we cannot say as if we are the puppeteers and you're the puppet that we can control your next move by what we say. Now, can we have an idea by previous insight yes we can but it is not our oh it's not in our power to try to control someone else thinking so that we could get the max amount of performance and accolades for ourselves based on how they perceive what we are going to help them to understand about us. That's not even your, you see how crazy that sound coming out of my mouth? I just want, I want everybody to take a, just a five second pause. Do you see how crazy that sound coming out of my mouth? But there are so many people do just that and they've been doing it for years. That's what you call learned behavior. We know about learned behavior because we've been, taught about learned behavior in high school. We demonstrated learned behavior since we were babies, but we understand what it is truly called when we went to high school and we had to take some kind of biology class, sociology class, psychology class. And therefore we found out, oh, this is what I was doing. Yes, 
And the problem is because we did it for so long, we even questioning, can we change? But the, you know, I always go back to the Bible. And if you don't mind me saying, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So everything starts in our mind. So I also talked about last week about the reward system of our brain. Because the learning behavior is also connected to our reward system in our brain, we, our brain, we, we really think that our brain is under our control. We think, oh, we tell our brain what to do and therefore it does it. No, if that's the case, when we go to sleep, our heart should stop. If that's the case, when we go to sleep, our brains are so turned off that blood does not flow through our brain to our heart, down to our feet and come back up. If that's the case. So what I'm trying to tell you is we don't have full control of our brain. We're not telling ourselves to keep pumping. We're not telling ourselves, you know, keep breathing. Our brain is under a different kind of system to keep us running. So with that being said, if our brain receive a, such a reward system, just like drugs do to our system, I, and no, do I smoke, do I drink, do I do any of those things? No, but what I'm telling you is, just like your brain receives so many dopamines and so much endorphins and serotonins that goes in our brain and it loves the way it feels, it wants to receive it again. So it start what? Craving it. It starts craving it. And then you're like, how can I, my, my brain is now telling me, I need you to find a way. <laughs> you hear me? My brain tells me, I need you to find a way to get the same craving again so I can enjoy this reward and feel it all over again in the same manner. What? And I want people to understand because your brain wants this reward system, it becomes what? Cravings, addiction is not just with our pharmaceutical drugs. There is other kind of addictions that can be out there to lure us to a point to continue to perform for others and still control others by the accolades we still want to receive and you have not matured, you have not shown ownership and you have not taken any responsibility. I tell people the reason why I'm able to say that because I had to come to an understanding that I was doing that as well. You know, the person that speaks have the information because they also have the issue of getting through. And I tell everybody I'm going through because I have come to an understanding, man, I've been doing this all wrong. You said so many great things and you reflected on something that I mentioned to you. You said it was offline, which it was, but this thought came to me. Being overstimulated is not the answer. Get quiet, be alone. Hear the thoughts your heart has been trying to tell you 
even the uncomfortable ones. We don't like to be uncomfortable. We want to always have that feel good feeling. Like you're talking about that addiction. We are addicted to feeling good. But just like pain is to the body, pain is a signal that something is wrong in your body. Pain is not the disease. It's a symptom of a problem. The same way our minds will try to tell us when something is off, even when you're getting a high from performing on one side, something will be in the back of your mind telling you everything is not okay. But we don't want to lean into that uncomfortable feeling. So we keep moving, we keep going. We keep finding things to fill up the space so we don't think, so we don't hear what the heart of heart of us is saying. Why do we do that? It's kind of an escape mentality. It really is. It's either, you know, you either avoiding it or, or they say you fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So some people will fight it like with anger, whether it's eternal anger, I would say eternal, but um, internal anger or even external anger. That's the fight part of you. Or the flight is mean I'm going to run away because I am fearful of what's going to take place because I am truly not in control. And when you finally realize, oh my gosh, I am not really in control, who or what has been controlling me all this time? And then you realize, I have been doing things I should not have been doing and accepting things I should not have been saying. I could have been further along in my process. And then you get mad at yourself for not being more aware. But really, like like you said, Donna, we have those signals of warning, warning, something is about to happen. And we avoid it because we like the feel good. Who doesn't like to feel good? However, sometimes, like you said, we have to go to the heart of the problem, not just the symptoms and put a Band-Aid on it. We got to go to the heart of it so that we can find out what is the truth in this. Why am I really seeking so much accolades from other people and not being happy with who God had me to be all this time. What is about me that I need God to work out, to clean me up, to strengthen that weakened part of my manhood. And I'm talking about men and women to help us to realize, hey, you are okay. And if you don't get this praise, you still, you are okay. And that's the point that I think a lot of people fail to understand. And it goes from your emotional state. It goes into your mental state. It goes into your physical state. You know how many of us are sick? Like physically sick because we're controlling other people's thought towards us. We thinking we're controlling other people's thought towards us or we are trying to win them over with our qualities that we believe 
is the best and the best is still yet to come. But because you don't think that there's more to you, but this versus all of that that has not been uncovered, your body becomes ill. We get small sicknesses. You're like, hold up, why am I sick? I don't even know why I'm so tired. I'm so lethargic because you've been doing so much work that had nothing to do with you at all. But we made that a priority. They're making ourselves the priority. We're the one that's sick because we've been doing this learned behavior for so long in our bodies and telling us we should not be doing this. There is another way. Oh, we have amazing bodies, including our mind, that have a warning system that tells us. And even when you think you're on that high, saying, oh, this feels good, underneath it, there is a discontent because the real you knows the real deal. The real The real you. Some of us have performed for so long that we have a difficult time recognizing ourselves or real selves separate from the performing self. It's like they're camouflaging. Yes. Or you are a chameleon. Everywhere you go, you change according to your surrounding. But you should not have to change yourself to fit anyone's expectation. You are good enough like you are. That's it. And, you know, when you come into accepting who you are, there is a power that comes with being that authentic self. Yes. You, it's like things move and glide in a very different way. Instead of trying to be a pretzel for someone else, twisting this way and that to suit, because I'm telling you, no matter how you perform, you may please 70% of the people and 30 over here saying, uh-uh, that's not what you should be doing. Correct. And then you please that 30 and the 70 is upset. And then you get the 50 and the 40 like it and the 10 say, ah, I don't even care. There's an audience you're performing for that doesn't even know you're performing for them. Let's talk about that. That is so true. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know you want my attention. <laughs> You are so correct. Sometimes people are like, what are you doing? They are so oblivious about what you are trying to do. They're like, are you going crazy? Are you going bad? And they're like, well, I thought this is what you wanted. Well, did you ask me or did you assume you knew me? And sometimes we assume so much and I'm guilty of that. And I recognize that as a teacher. We always have to assume what kids are up to so that we can plan a counterattack. <laughs> I told my kids that at work on Monday. I said, man, I do assume a lot. And the reason why is because of that idea with very emotional disturbed students. And I have to help them stop themselves from doing wrong. And many times they don't have that self-control or that trigger to identify with. But you get to a point where you should know your own triggers. You need to get to a point, adults, teenagers, I don't know who actually listening, adult teenagers, 
going into adulthood, going into retirement age, you should get to a point to know all your triggers. And there's so many people that don't know why they mad, don't know why they frustrated, don't know why they irritated. I'm just irritated. Okay, what you irritated? I don't know. What? <laughs> How are you not going to know you're irritated, but you know that you're irritated? There is a problem that, like you said before, Donette, there is a major disconnect <laughs> yes. between understanding why you understand what the word means, irritated, but yet still you don't know the foundation of why you really feel triggered to be irritated in the first place. If you don't know why you're irritated, that's where we need to start. What did that person say? What did that person do? Did you smell something that brought something to your understanding? Did you hear a joke that triggered something from your past? What was it that caused you to be irritated? Did you stub your toe like I do on the end of your bed? <laughs> That's my norm. It's a blessing that toe has not fell off. I thank God. But the whole point of it, what, what caused your irritation? What caused your frustration? If you cannot identify your triggers, you can't uh, identify what you are truly mad at, why are you in somebody else's lane? That's the thing. We lean into the reaction instead of trying to understand what caused the reaction. Correct. Because sometimes if you understand the cause, you're able to cut it off the next time when that feeling or emotion tries to surface, you recognize it, that awareness. That awareness. Clicking, aware, and you say, oh, because when you know a trigger, sometimes you know to avoid a trigger right? But Correct. if you don't take that time, uh, back to the quote I stated earlier, you need to get quiet, quiet, and evaluate. That's the word you use at the beginning. We need to evaluate. Why is this happening? Why do I feel like this? Am I being my real self? You can't get mad at people when you're not being you, that they don't understand me because you're not being you. You're not being your real self. And you don't understand yourself. You are absolutely correct. And that observation and that motivation to cause you to become that for that person. And I keep saying that because everybody should have a that. Like, what is your that? What causes you to feel this way? What was the true? motivation for that thing that is causing you to have the trigger or cause you to want the performance or cause you want to control someone else's thinking. Well, I want to, I heard this before and one of my students said to me about a couple months ago and I always refer back to my students because they are my best teachers. And what they said was, I like to control someone else's thinking so that I don't get hurt. I said, what? You want to control other people thinking so you don't get hurt. So who hurt you that you could not control? And that goes for anyone that likes to control others. You know, we always talk about the narcissist spirit or the narcissist behavior, but sometimes those narcissist behavior stem out of fear fear of getting 
hurt, fear of the, the fear of being rejected. So I'm going to reject them before they reject me. I am going to hurt them before they hurt me. I am going to control them before they can control me. No, we all here to, we will have hurts in life. We, it's just part of the growing process. We all have to go through stages in our life of good, bad, and I don't say the ugly, I say indifferent. But we all go to those stages of good, bad, and indifferent. Why? Because it teaches us. It's supposed to help us grow in grace. It's supposed to help us to be transformed and continue to renew our minds. What we knew, as you said last week, as a child, we should not be doing the same thing as a grown person. You know, when we was a child, we spoke as a child, we did childish things. We should not still be doing childish things at the age of 42, even though I'm forever 29. We should not be doing that. But we find ourselves as adults still doing childish behavior, pouting, having tantrums, road rage. No, because if we understand and are able to identify our triggers, if we understand who we're really supposed to be. If we are evaluating ourselves every night to find out how can I be better, regardless of what they do, regardless of what they say, regardless of what they're thinking, how can I still be my best self? no matter what everyone else is doing around me. When we get to that point, then you are ready for maturity. You are ready for that ownership. You are ready to transition into true self, your true nature, the true intent of why you're here. And once you get there, you will have more peace. You will have more joy because those weights would not be on you to hold you down for who you're really supposed to be in this world. There's a lot of people that are six feet under that never truly had the joy to get to the point of knowing who they really can be as an adult. I hope this has been, because that, that, that touched my spirit. You know, maybe because of, of my past experience of seeing so many people have died, have transitioned into eternity. I'm like, they had, what we always say, they had so much going for themselves. That's what we say. I can't believe God took them so soon. And I'm telling other people now that I have experienced death in such a way. I'm like, why not? We don't know what was truly on the inside we only saw the outer appearance but their inside that they meet all the things they were supposed to do on this earth and that part as we say is still undetermined only god knows the real truth and that's why we have to be careful to stay in our lane and focus on our own growth there is so much to work out in our own lives. The song said what? Sweep around your own oh front door. 
before you try to sweep around mine. Because we all yes. have so many unfinished things in our own lives. Correct. Our own unresolved issues that leak into our adulthood that we need to go back and deal with. We don't have time. We don't have time. To be sweeping someone else's yard. If you want to really be who you were intended to be in this earth, you do not have the luxury of time no. to be worrying about somebody else's business because there's so much that goes into figuring out yourself. And I like the word you use, sis. You said to get to a place of peace in your own mind, in your own heart. Peace is knowing that things are well. Nothing missing, nothing broken. It is well. You want to be at peace. You want to be in your happy place as much as possible. I have a painting that I received two years ago from a secret Santa, I ain't gonna lie to you. And it, it's just a white board and it says, this is my happy place. And I put it in my bedroom because to me, I'm more peaceful in my room, in my own space. And that's where I do my evaluation. That's when I think about my day. Did I really try to receive a lot of accolades? Did I really try to see people wanting to talk to me and give me praise? Or did I have enough intrinsic reward to know that I have done a good job? And my metacognition of myself was reflected through this night, as well as continue to move on to the next day to stay focused and focus on me and me only. Not to be selfish. I don't want you to think I'm like, oh, she's talking about being selfish. No, sometimes you have to focus on you first to help others. You know, you don't want to be a hypocrite you know, telling people what to do and you're not doing it yourself. Right. So the reason why I'm telling you this information because I'm going through and still evaluating my purpose, evaluating what I need to work on to continue to work on this performance from others to just giving God what he wants because I was made in his image. And that's why that's important. We should not be trying to control others, their thoughts, their actions. That is none of our business. But what is our business is how we view ourselves. How the Lord views us and what he wants us to do so that we can continue to have peace and joy and that more abundant what more can I say? This has been a very rewarding conversation. I know that I will reflect on this in time to come as I do my self-evaluation. Am I at peace with what I'm doing, with how I'm performing, or am I discontent because I have the wrong motivation, doing it for the wrong reasons, and it's not aligning with my internal values? I pray that you have found this conversation to be motivating, inspiring, to transform your mind, get to your place 
of Peace. Dr. Wells, it's been a pleasure having you. And no doubt, I believe we will see you again. Until next time, keep walking. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you will know when a new episode is posted. Remember to connect with us on our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at HelloGraceful, F-U-L-L. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you are leaving today with a few nuggets as you walk in steps of grace.